Hey, kids, I'm just going to say, you just stay where you are. We're abbreviating things, but I want to say something to you. Today is the first Sunday of Christmas. It's the first day of Christmas. Do you know that Christmas lasts not one day? Christmas lasts 12 days. 12 days. Don't you think Charlie Brown would have felt better if he had known? It's a, you don't get that precipitous, you know, that big drop. Oh, you get days of Christmas. 12 days. So tomorrow, if you're feeling like, oh, Christmas is over. It's not. It's not over. So you could nudge your parents and say, let's, let's continue to, to celebrate. And maybe, maybe you have to be creative. Figure out ways to carry it on. Let's pray now as we come to the word. Father, we ask for your help as we always need it when we come to the wonders of your word and we we come to contemplate who you are and what you've done. So Lord, as these familiar words and the familiar moments come before us, come in our attention, we ask that you'd show us something there, show us something we haven't seen the wonders of who you are and your love. In Jesus' name. As I said, we call it Christmas, but long ago, today was called the the Feast of Christ's Nativity, the Feast of the King's Birth, the Feast of the Long-Awaited One's Birth. And from the beginning of this celebration, when it first in the fourth century is when this particular day began to be celebrated. Uh, in the northern hemisphere, that's where it started, it always seemed fitting that this feast happened, this dawn of hope occurred in the dark days of winter. It just made sense. Uh, for, because for people everywhere, at all times, Across the ages, there is always the weight and the threat of darkness. That's reality. There's always a new empire rising. We can look back and go as far back as we know. One empire succeeds another. One corrupt rule follows another. They're pushed along by unseen forces of darkness. Unseen rulers, principalities, and powers pushing rulers to grasp and grab, to seek limited resources and look out for themselves. The Assyrian Empire followed the Egyptian. The Babylonian followed the Assyrian. The Persian overtook the Babylonian. The Greeks dismantled the Persians. The Romans overcame the Greeks. The Germanic tribes undermined the Romans and broke the Roman Empire all in pieces. The Muslim conquest swept aside the Romans and Byzantium. And on it goes. And on it goes. And it goes now, today. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings captures this so well, doesn't it? It's great reading for the Christmas season. So if you're thinking, I've got 12 days, what should I read? The Lord of the Rings. Conceiving his story and mulling it over and beginning to work on it through World War II, Tolkien captured the spread of the shadow of evil. 
It was a reality. It was moving across Europe, threatening to swallow all the world, to bring the earth under the dominion of darkness. And so it came out in his work. But just as Hitler rose to power, Stalin in Russia, Mao in China, the shadow is always taking new forms. It's taking new forms today. Today, the, the forces of evil are overt and they're subtle. There's always violence and there's always despair. There's intimidation and there's total moral confusion. That is the shadow we wage war against. That's the darkness into which the Lord and Savior brought the dawning of hope. And here we meet. In the midst, under the shadow and the threat of darkness, we meet. Week by week, we meet. We gather together. And we live together. And we declare a different reality. From the one that's pressing, from the one that says, darkness rules. And this reality is just as real as the darkness. And we know, in fact, it's going to win. What we experience here is going to win. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not any single thing made that's been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So in Jesus, the bringer of light, the speaking, enacting, world-shaping word of God, God became flesh and dwelt among us. In Jesus, God brought knowledge of himself back back into his world. To those sitting in darkness, light has come. He has fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that we heard read today. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. It's the same message that Zechariah prophesied at the birth of John the Baptist. Because of the tender mercy of God, whereby the day spring from on high shall appear to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. We know in one sense, the darkness talked about there was the misery of Israel. Israel under foreign oppression. And yet, Israel's continual situation, their, their situation under oppression, was communicating something general. This general thing that all the nations are living under darkness, under the shadow of death, without knowledge of God. All the nations were groping around in confusion. They're trying to make life meaningful 
trying to find significance in mud, in metal, in cloth. Isn't that ridiculous? Find significance in metal, in cloth, in bodies. Living in fear of the gods, in fear of spirits. Having hope of pleasure for only a brief space of earthly life. Mankind was passing a bleak existence. To those sitting in darkness, light has come. In another sense, most of us have come to know that that darkness in which we were sitting was inside us. It was the darkness of the world, but it was also inside us. The darkness that he came to lighten was in the nature of man. And it ran right through the middle of all of us. So when the word of God took flesh on himself, he restored the dignity of a defaced human nature, a corrupted human nature made in the image of God. Humans had marred his image by rejecting him, by rejecting the essential peace, living truth. We just said no to truth. We preferred metal and cloth. Rejecting the God-oriented will, living knowledge, the word and the wisdom of God. The princess and the goblin is a favorite story of mine and my kids, George MacDonald's story. It's about Princess Irene. Kids, have you read this? Princess Irene and goblins. It captures this idea I'm talking about. Goblins? What? Goblins were once small dwarves or small people, kind of like hobbits. Um, but they revolted against their king. And in revolting, they became revolting. They went underground, uh, and they went and lived in caves, and they became hide hideously ugly. They, their forms were corrupted. Their designs were distorted. They have incredibly hard heads, but very sensitive feet. All, all of this is, has meaning. They can't stand light. Uh, or anything associated with the upper world. Uh, smells from above, sights from above. They can't stand reminders of the life they were made to live. Tolkien borrows liberally from George MacDonald in everything. Uh, and, and his orcs, his orcs are essentially the goblins of MacDonald. And so disastrous was the fall for these orcs and goblins that neither Tolkien nor MacDonald could conceive of their restoration. These creatures could not be redeemed. Friends, we, these stories are indicating something. We cannot grasp how far we've fallen. We can't get there. Our, our minds can't conceive what we fell from and what we're being restored to. No eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. 
We can't, we can't grasp it. Human beings were made for the dignity of the angelic beings. To stand with the angels in the holiness of God. And the Son of God was born in Jesus Christ to restore us his marred image, to bring to us the missing piece so that we could be with him. This is the heart of our celebration today, the restoration of human nature. That's Christmas. The incarnation of the Son of God. Jesus restored humanity as the second Adam. He became our second representative, fully alive, with no darkness, with nothing of God's image broken or twisted. Fully flesh of man, fully soul of God. The Word of God in us. The Word of God like us. And because of what He's restored to us, we experience who he is, his godness, in and among us. Because of his coming and bringing back to us the gifts that we, symbol, sim, we symbolize here, bringing back to us hope, bringing back to us peace, bringing back to us joy, bringing back to us love, the godness of God restored to human beings. That is the incarnation. His own character has come and has been given to us. And so the dawn from on high has appeared and is shining. Now, the rolling shadow, that tide of shadow, the continuous succession of evil, empire upon empire, is a temporary hindrance. It's just a hindrance. It doesn't rule. It's a distortion of what was and what will be. And so as Hebrews says, at present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. But we see Jesus, who for a little while was made lower than the angels, crowned now with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death. He might eat the shadow. He might swallow the shadow for everyone. And so in our gathering, in our gathering today, in our gathering week by week, we participate in the kingdom of light. The kingdom of light. Here, it's here. It's breaking out. We participate in the way of peace. Whatever is happening out there, we live the kingdom of light. And so whatever the shadows may say, whatever victories the enemy may claim, Christ has already come to restore humanity. And he is now seated on the throne. The victory is assured. And of the increase of his kingdom and of peace, there will be no end. And let's pray together the prayer our Lord Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.